it takes to realize that your new strategy is definitely not working the way you had planned. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we're talking about games we're bad at. First, we discuss a couple games we've played recently, like Murder at the Motel, Micro Macro, and Gardic Phone. Then, we run through our top five games that we love, even though we're bad at them. And now, here are your hosts, Andy and Crystal. Two quick announcements before we hop into the main episode. The first one, we mentioned this at the end of every episode, but I wanted to mention it at the top. For those of you who are not aware, we have a Discord. And you can join our Discord channel and chat with other Blitzketeers about fun stuff going on in the board game community. You can find people to play board games with online, including us. In fact, recently had a very long game session with people in the Discord where we played a whole bunch of different games. So if you are looking for a some friends to play games with, and especially if, you know, like the quarantine lockdown stuff has got you stuck at home, uh, come join our Discord. Link is in the show notes. And uh, yeah, we would love to have you there. Mm-hmm. Also on August 21st, I am going to be doing a stream on our Twitch channel to benefit Extra Life. You all have heard us talk about Extra Life in the past. They are a charitable organization that raises money for Children's Miracle Network through gaming events, either video games or board games. And we have participated in Extra Life a whole bunch in the past, and uh, we're doing it again this year. So on August 21st, I don't have the time yet, but I will be streaming on Twitch to raise money for Extra Life. So stay tuned, follow us on social media for more details coming soon. Recently, I got a review copy of Murder at the Motel, published by Hunt a Killer designed by Casey Cheney uh, in 2021. So Murder at the Motel is a game about murder at a motel. (laughs) It's a a, uh, murder mystery game, similar to those detective type murder mystery games that I've, I've played a few in the past. They're not escape rooms. They're not timed, but they give you like lots of objects like newspaper clippings, photographs and stuff. And you have to look through them and solve a murder or a crime, but in this case, it's a murder at a motel. For this one, unlike some of the others where I played, you don't really need the internet. You need it for answering the final answer, I think. Oh no, you don't even need it for that. It has like an epilogue on the internet if you want, but like there's a solution envelope with the final answer and there are hints on the internet um, on their website with step-by-step hints, which are which are nice. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, did, I don't think I actually had to use the hints. So I actually really liked Murder at the Motel, the game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I really liked murder i'm just saying yes like it, yeah. <laughs> obviously this game isn't going to be for children because it's about a murder but like there were a lot of cool things there was puzzles within the game so there was an actual like box with a lock on it that you need to find the code for to open it to find more evidence so it's not just like reading through the stuff and being a detective but it's also there was a code within some of the stuff and you unlocked this box and found more evidence. And then with that, you can figure out the final case solution. I think for me, it, I, I thought through it well and it was easier than other ones that I've done, which I liked better because like for with other ones I had done, it, it was difficult for me because it didn't make sense or like it was too vague or something. But for, for this one, like after thinking through it and reading everything, I actually got it without hints and it made sense to me. So I liked this a lot. This might be one of my more favorite detective type games that I've played. 
and also because I didn't need to like go to different internet sites, like go to someone's Facebook page or something, which I think for, for me, when I have like physical stuff, like having to go online kind of detracts from that experience for me. Like, but that's just, just a personal thing. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I really liked uh, Murder at the Motel by Hunt a Killer. And then speaking of <laughs> murder games, <laughs> one other popular game involving murder in some cases is uh, Micro Macro Crime City, uh, which was published in 2020 and just won the Spiel des Jahres. This is a game that's kind of like Where's Waldo, but all in black and white. And instead of like just finding Waldo, you find Waldo and Waldo's dead. And then you like look around where Waldo was and you see Waldo before he died. And so it has like, it's not actually Waldo, but <laughs> like it I has. I say Waldo's dead. <laughs> it has a lot of different people, but you can look throughout this big map, and it has like snapshots in time, but all of it at the same time on this map. So you're like looking back and like, oh, they came from here, and they were here. Oh, they came from the shop. They had bought an ice cream or something, and like, oh, there's this other sneaky push person behind the bush, so they probably were following them, and and so you can find all of these different crimes, and there's a bunch of crimes in the like 16 different cases I think in the in the set um my friend actually was managed to get a copy of this at a gaming store so that's how I got to play because it's kind of hard to find but yeah we've been having lots of fun playing through the micro macro cases some of them are more family friendly than others some involve things like murder and stuff but then other ones have more like some of the reasons are more like um motives are more uh not family friendly. I mean, murder's never really family friendly, but <laughs> but but sometimes it's something silly that's I guess easier to explain to a kid. But yeah, we've been having a lot of fun with it. Uh, just looking at all of the map is just so cool. And then like the little facial expressions of the people change sometimes. Like it was like, oh look, here he was happy, and then oh he got angry, <laughs> and then that's what happened, and you get to see the whole story. So. Yeah, Micro Micro Crime City is really fun if you like searching in pictures and like little crime stories. Very cool. Yeah, I've heard good things about that one. It's on my want to try list for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was on my want to try list. And when my friend brought it over, I was like, oh my gosh, you got it. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. All right, well, the game that I'm talking about today is technically not a board game but it is a board game i am talking about a thing called gardic phone and if you're you're like what did crystal just say don't worry i had the same reaction when someone else told me about it it's like garlic but a t instead of an l so yeah, I gardic phone garlic. i don't know why it's called that there's something with the word art like because so i've clicked mm. through to the company that makes this and it's mm. something involving the word art in the middle so it's gar tick phone i i see i don't know it's weird needless to say gardic phone is a browser based online game that you can play remotely that is basically like identical to telestrations the board game which telestrations is the board game version of the public domain game eat poop you cat (laughs) which if you haven't heard of that i know i've said a lot of words that are all very confusing (laughs) (laughs) Needless to say, when you were a kid, you played the game Telephone probably at some point where you would whisper things in people's ears in like a circle, and then by the time it got to the end of the circle, the thing would have changed. Well, this is a game that combines Telephone with 
Pictionary, basically, where each round you are either writing down a phrase based on a picture that you were given or you're drawing a picture based on a phrase you were given and it goes back and forth. So like I would draw a picture, pass it to Ambi, and then she would look at the picture I drew and write a phrase down and then she would pass it to the next person and that person would only see the phrase that Ambi wrote and they would try and draw a picture based on that phrase. So if you're picturing things correctly, like the game of telephone, by the time you get to the end, things have devolved usually in a ridiculous way. Mm-hmm. And Gardic Phone, which is literally, you can just get to it from gardicphone.com. It's a browser-based version of this game where you can play with people remotely. You just send the link to them and everybody participates on their own web browser. It is really well built. The graphics and the design and the layout, everything is great. And at the very end of the game, it like displays everything for you. And then you can save your game as GIFs and then share them on social media. And we put a few in the Discord channel after we played and they're pretty funny. (laughs) And this company also has some other games on their site that I actually just like pulled up and looked at. And there's some card games and other things in here. I'm actually going to click through and try and see what this other stuff is. But I had to mention Gardic Phone because I know a lot of people are still playing games remotely, just like me. And this is a really fun way to play Telestrations if you're familiar with that board game. But in a remote fashion. So I highly recommend it. I think it's really fun and I'm excited to see what the other games this company offers are because there's a few others on here that look interesting. So yeah, if you want to play a party game with friends online, gardicphone.com, highly recommended for me. All right, Ambie, it's time for another top five list. And this is one that I'm excited about because this is definitely not a topic that I think a lot of content creators have covered. And I think we'll hopefully make for some interesting discussion. We are talking about our top five games that we are bad at, but still love. Um, And at least uh, you can speak to this on your own, Ambie, but at least for me personally, I do recognize that In my board gaming career as a gamer, I do tend on average to like games more when I am better at them. That's not always like winning is not the most important thing to me. But Mm -hmm. if I'm always losing a game, I think it is more likely that I'm not going to like playing that game. And these are exceptions to that rule for me. Yeah, me too. Um, well, I'm just good at all games. No, just kidding. But, <laughs> you are good at a lot of games. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I tend to like games where I am better at it, except for there are exceptions where if, if I always win and it like gets boring. Yeah. And then like same thing if I always lose and I'm not like seeing any difference in the game. But like with games where I'm losing, but it's still fun and or like I'm still learning from the game is that's what's going to make this list. Yeah. Like um. games where you feel like you have a chance, but yet somehow you still usually don't end up winning. <laughs> or like, it doesn't matter too much if you don't win because it was fun. It was just so fun anyway. Right. Like, that's a really good point as well. So yeah, let's just hop into it with our number fives. All right. So when I was making my list, I tried to pick games for my list that are kind of fall into different categories to some degree, because I could have probably made like an entire list of push your luck games that I'm bad at, um, for (laughs) instance, but tried to be a little bit more like diverse in what I chose for this list. My number five is the 
deduction slash social deduction game. I guess it's not really social deduction, but it's uh, two games that are very similar, Mr. Jack and Mr. Jack Pocket. These are both two-player games where one person is Jack the Ripper and the other person is trying to find Jack or narrow down who Jack is amongst a cast of characters. Mr. Jack, the full one, is played on like a full board where you're kind of moving around and switching off and on streetlights. Mr. Jack Pocket is a simpler version of the game that's just played on a grid where people are moving around the outside of the grid, looking in, and then stuff is getting shifted around within the grid. I am horrific at both of these games. Like, really, (laughs) truly bad. Like, every time I make a move in one of these games, I'm always like, ooh, yeah, this will be perfect because then this this and this will happen. And then my opponent takes their turn and does one thing and everything I thought was going to happen is no longer going to happen. And they're going to, (laughs) like, be completely hidden. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, I don't know why I'm so bad at this. But for whatever reason, I'm still drawn to them and still want to play them. I, I don't think I've improved at all in the time I've played either one of these games, but they're fun anyway. So that's my number five, Mr. Jack and Mr. Jack Pocket. All right. So you you tried to like spread out your list. I kind of um <laughs> found it hard to do that, but I... <laughs> yeah, you did I, tell I actually, me that you could have just made an entire list of 18xx games that yeah, you're at. <laughs> yeah, so I, I kind of combined... Spoilers. I, I combined some things into a category, but... Um, <laughs> But I looked at my BG stats because I've been tracking games since like 2013 or something and tried to look at the games that I've never won or have only won like a couple times or something. And so, yeah, most of these here are games I've never won. Some of them I've only played a couple times. But yeah, so my number five, I've only played a couple times, but I've never won it. And that's Sidereal Confluence, which is a negotiation and engine building game. So I'm, I usually don't like negotiation games, but in City Real Confluence, like you're trading things with other people and all of the negotiations are binding. Um, so there's no like backstabbing, which is what I don't like about negotiation. So this one I like because it's not as, as stressful, but <laughs> you're still like, you're trying to get good trades and like build up your engine. And I like engine building stuff, but I'm really bad at getting good trades. So I, I usually don't end up getting good trades or like I I end up not being able to trade with anyone and so I lose because you you need to trade with people in order to win in this game so uh yeah that's sidereal confluence there's lots of trading and engine building stuff it's um going on in the game it's pretty fun nice my number four is in fact the one push your luck game that I did choose to include on the list. There were a few options for me here, but the one I went with was Ink and Gold. Ink and Gold is one of those games that in theory, I the based on the way I play it, I'm either going to run away with the game and win handily, or I'm going to walk away with zero points. And most of the time, the latter happens for me because I'm always like, I don't want to play it safe. I always just want to keep pushing and keep pushing and get more gems, especially if other people have already left the temple and I'm the, like one of one of only a couple people left in the temple and there's like there could be a big gym card coming and then I bust and I end up taking nothing and yeah or the opposite also happens for me sometimes I get scared to do that and I do play it safe and then I only mm-hmm. collect like a couple gems at a time and then somebody else <laughs> yeah. who stayed in always beats me so like yeah. I don't I don't know where that balance is I can't find it for me personally I'm always either going too hard or too soft and I'm very rarely winning ink and gold but I adore it and will always play it and it's super fun it's quick so like I don't mind that I usually mm-hmm. lose and it's the chase that really makes ink and gold fun for me Mm -hmm. so yeah that's why ink and gold is my number four yeah for push your luck i almost put deep sea adventure on my list but it it didn't make my cutoff for percentage win 
Because I think I, I, I don't know, I was around like 20 something percent and like with a higher player count game, that's, that's not yeah, that's terrible, not horrible, I think. Yeah. But yeah. So. Oh, I've definitely had those moments in deep sea adventure where you're yeah. like down toward the bottom and you're like, oh, I'm not making it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's a game that I feel like I'm bad at, but then when I looked at the stats, I was like, oh, I guess I'm not that bad because <laughs> everyone is bad at it. Right. <laughs> All right, my number four is Winner's Circle, which is a horse racing betting game. It's uh, Reiner Kinesia, I think, yeah. So, like, there's these horses and these cards with the horse's stats, and each turn you're rolling a die to say, like, which stat will be moved, <laughs> and, and then you pick which horse to do. So, like, it's a little symbol. If you roll, like, the star symbol or something, then the horses have different movements for the star like one will have 10 or something one will just have two or something so you had bet on the horses beforehand and so you can move any of the horses so you can either move like the horse that you bet on a lot or like if if another horse that you don't want to win has like a low number for that stat you can move that a little bit and then you have to move all the horses once before they can go again and so like there's the, the betting at the beginning and then like people that are betting on the same horse are kind of like working together to try to get those to win. And I'm just bad at like betting games and stuff, but <laughs> it's, it's just really fun. I mean, growing up, I liked horses for some reason. I, I mean, I never did like horse racing or like, I, I never, Oh gosh, no, I'm the same way. Anything, I, but, like... <laughs> I think a lot of women that are near our age or probably not even near our age I think a lot of women in general had a horse phase growing up I definitely had like some really fancy like nice looking toy plastic horses Mm -hmm. that I loved and I would like brush their mane and brush their tail but like I don't know why though like I don't I can't like yeah I identify a specific reason for my my early love of horses (laughs) although now I really love unicorns so I guess I've continued in some degree (laughs) like I just transitioned I was like horses are great but what about magic (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah but uh yeah so Windows Circle is a really fun light-hearted uh bidding betting game and it's just fun like just seeing the horses go around and be like oh yeah go horse (laughs) <laughs> I want to play Winter's yeah. Circle at some point. I've never played it, and I've heard good things for a long time, and it's it's on my list mm-hmm. for sure of things that I'd like to try at some point. Mm-hmm. All right, my number three is on my list because I think it's kind of a rarity for me. I tend to be decent with games that have, like, pattern building, spatial reasoning, things like that in them. Like, I tend to be pretty decent at, a de- at like, a good number of those, but Dimension is not that for me. <laughs> and admittedly, it does not help that my best friend's favorite game is Dimension, and therefore <laughs> she is really good at it. Like, this is her, like, strong suit, so it's hard for mm. me to win against her anyway, but, like, even when I'm playing against not her, Dimension is tough. So in Dimension, you have these little, like, rubber or plastic balls that you have to stack into a pyramid based on rules that are laid out on the table. So, like, it might say, like, white balls must be touching blue balls, but blue balls can't touch orange balls. And so, like, there's a lot of these rules laid out, and you have to stack up your pyramid in a way that follows all of the rules, if possible. Sometimes the rules will conflict with one another, and so you kind of have to make judgment calls. But, like, it's funny because I think part of the reason I'm bad at this is because I'm, like, so spastic and klutzy. And so, like, I'll just, like, knock over things. Or, like, 
I do the same thing I do in Mr. Jack where I'm like, ooh, this is perfect. This, 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 and this. And then I'll look at like the other side of the pyramid and I'm like, oh wait, all of those are wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> like, I have to like disassemble the pyramid and put it back together. And of course it's timed because it's a, it's a speed game. Dimension's really fun, but I am not super great at it, but I do really like it. Another game, Uluru, is also very similar to this, but I'm actually decent at Uluru, even though I'm bad at Dimension. So that's why Dimension is my number three. Cool. My number three is Caverna, which is a worker placement game by Uwe Rosenberg. So farming with dwarves. And apparently I've never won this game, so I didn't realize this. So this this is when I played... Uh, bunch a few years ago back when it was newer but (laughs) yeah I think I think like Toby Wynn won a bunch and our friend won a bunch but like I never I always got second or something so (laughs) I guess it's not like horrible at it but I like I like worker placement games and in this in this game you're doing a lot of different things oh you know why I'm bad at it it's because I like getting dogs so in this game you can get you get different animals I, I, clearly, I will also be bad at Caverna then if I ever play it. <laughs> yeah, so you get different animals. You get points for the different animals. But, like, to get the sheep, to get more sheep, you can get dogs. And, like, more dogs can herd more sheep. But the dogs don't give you any points. So I would just get a bunch of dogs. And they don't give you any points. But it's fun. And then there's, like, getting animals. There's farming. There's, like, building your house out and, like, a little cavern out. There's a lot of stuff to do. Um, But, yeah, so it's a... One of those farming order placement games with lots of buildings that you're building. And I've never won Gaverna, but I like it. I mean, any game that lets me get dogs. Yeah, <laughs> count me in. I'm, I'm, and the animeeples are so cute. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right. My number two is a lovely game about taking a trip through Japan. And that is Takedo. I love Takedo. And... I know some people think like are kind of are not keen on Takedo because they feel like you don't have a lot of agency in the choices you're making, but you clearly do because I don't win this game. <laughs> so in Takedo, it's uh, one of those games where the person who is last in the line takes the next turn. And so depending on where you're at in the line or where you move to, players could get multiple turns in a row or you might not get a turn for a really long time depending on if you jump ahead to different spots. And you're just traveling down the old Takedo Road having a trip collecting souvenirs and visiting like the spa and other things, uh, just having a lovely little journey doing some painting. But yeah, I, it does not matter whether I do the strategy where I just like try and take the next available space almost every time or whether I'm like, no, no, I'm going to jump ahead to the thing that's the most advantageous for me. It does not matter which of those (laughs) strategies I choose or if I try and blend them. Inevitably, I will think I'm doing great. I'll be like, yes, I got all these souvenirs and I got all these meals and they all are great. And then at the end of the game, for whatever reason, I think I've done well and everybody has more points than me <laughs> every time. <laughs> I don't know what it is. And I still love it, even though I don't usually win. What was the, there was like a sequel to Takedo that was coming out. It went to Kickstarter, Namiji. I, I, I haven't seen it out in the wild yet, so I'm guessing it hasn't shipped yet. I don't know when it was supposed to ship, if that already came and went, but... I'm very curious about this new game and yeah, there looks like they're still working on it. So hopefully that'll be coming in the near ish future, but I like Takedo even though I'm not good at it. And that is why it is my number two. <laughs> my number two is the only game I'm on my list that I don't have a 0% win percentage on. Um, so, and that is Rolling Stock, which I've won once. 
<laughs> Hooray! Games, I think. Or <laughs> anyway, but yeah. So Rolling Stock, the original game. So Rolling Stock was re-implemented by Rolling Stock Stars, which is actually different. And I've won that one. I have a 60% win percentage on that one. So. Ooh, <laughs> but but the original game, it it has it's a 18xx inspired card game. So it's a very heavy economic card game that involves a lot of negotiation. And I, how I've mentioned, I am not good with negotiation. Uh, but basically, there there's a stock market. You're building up corporations. You're buying. You're auctioning, uh, bidding on companies to get them. And I'm bad at auctions too. Uh, and then, <laughs> But then you're like building up these corporations and I like that. And then the the negotiations like trading with other people, the corporations are buying things from you or from other people. So there's a lot of back and forth with that. And you're just trying to get the most money. And it's, it's a lot of math and a lot of like making sure you have liquid money when you need it and using that to your best ability. So very heavy economic game. And that's a lot of fun, like managing all that money. But I've only won it once, I guess. Uh, I, I do like the Rolling Stock Stars better, and I am better at it, I guess, because I've won it more times. But it's also, like, shorter and easier. There's, like, it, it feels different. But, like, yeah, Rolling Stock, the original, is also very good. <laughs> and so I did, like it a lot. So did Rolling Stock Stars kind of replace Rolling Stock for you, or are you still kind of interested in playing both? Well, for me now, I can probably only play Rolling Stock Stars because Rolling Stock is a lot longer. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I would be interested in playing both otherwise, I think. Okay. They're Although, different enough like, that you like them. Yeah, they're, they're definitely different enough, but I like Rolling Stock Stars better. Okay. For, for Toby, his favorite game is Rolling Stock, and he likes, I think he likes Rolling Stock better, but like, but Rolling Stock Stars is just like so much easier to get played. Um, especially in person, if you, you only play in person, where it's like, if I liked playing online, then, then like, I would be able to play both of them online, but I don't like playing digital games. <laughs> well, that is understandable. My number one game is a game that I adore, like truly and deeply love very, very much. And I've definitely won it in the past, but I do not typically win High Society. This game was actually taught to me by Z Garcia at, I think it was MeepleCon. It was definitely either MeepleCon or Dice Tower West, but it had to have been MeepleCon because it was a number of years ago, right? I don't know. Time is a mystery at this point to me. <laughs> like the past two years feel like they kind of just disappeared into a void, basically. So I don't know what when things happened anymore. But High Society is a bidding game where uh, players are given cards that have monetary amounts on them. And then items come up for auction and you have to bid on them. And you want to win as many items as you can. They're worth victory points. But the person at the end of the game who wins is the one who has the most points. Unless... They spent the most money and then the person who spends the most money is automatically loses the game and the next person with the highest amount of points will win. And so there's this like dance and delicate balance between spending enough money to win items without spending too much money that you're going to be the one who spent the most money. And I am not always good at that dance because <laughs> I inevitably end up either being not having any points. Like I'll just like, I'm playing it too safe with my bidding. And then I end up with mm -hmm. almost nothing at the end of the game or I, I will <laughs> spend the most. I think the first one is what happens to me more. Like I, I tend to be too cautious in this game with my mm -hmm. bidding. So when I do win high society, it feels very satisfying and I really love it. And interestingly enough, 
even though QE is a similarly structured game, I'm amazing at QE. Like I win QE almost every time I've played it. Whereas high society, I don't. And I don't know what that is. I guess when you give me the ability to write in my own bids, I can, (laughs) I think I'm better at like manipulating a group of people via uh my bids and I think that's why I have more control in QE than mm-hmm. I do in high society. Yeah, yeah. And I'm actually pretty good at like pushing the group in a specific mm-hmm. direction and then using that to my advantage, which now that I'm saying I sound very like maniacal. <laughs> I'm sorry for that, but it's true. <laughs> like, Ambi, you've, def- you've played uh, QE with me. So yeah. I think you can probably speak to this to some degree. <laughs> yeah. I'm bad at both high society and QAE because I don't like spending money. <laughs> but but yeah, I don't, I don't like those types of games either. So that they're not on my list. Whereas I like, know. I love that moment in QE yeah. where like somebody finds out that I bid a ridiculous amount on <laughs> yeah. something because it just like, so yeah, uh, to explain QE briefly, even though it's not the one on my list, for those of you who aren't familiar, you're bidding on items just like you are in high society, but instead of having specific monetary amounts on cards in your hand, you just have a blank check and you get to write any dollar amount on it that you want. And when I say any dollar amount, I mean any dollar amount. You could write a million dollars, a billion dollars, a trillion dollars. You could write anything on it. And like... What's neat is at the beginning of the game, everybody's like bidding like little amounts. And then at some point in the game, there is a shift usually where everyone realizes, oh no, I'm not bidding enough by a lot. But then you don't like then. So then you have to overcompensate and like, it gets weird when people are like, okay, I know that you bid like 300,000 on that, but like, what? (laughs) So it's very fun. And I like the the weird social nature of QE yeah. and I'm good at that one, but high society, I have less control and therefore I am less good at it. Um, <laughs> but I do love it anyway. So that's why high society is my number one. All right. My number one, we kind of spoiled at the beginning, but it is a whole genre of games. And that's 18 XX <laughs> games. Um, so three of my favorite 18 XX games, I've never won, which are 1817, 1860 and 1849 and 1849 is actually like my current favorite 18xx game i've only played it like five times but i have never won it <laughs> but that's saying something if you've lost it five times and you, <laughs> it's your favorite like that means something in the world of 18xx yeah i've gotten close to winning i've gotten second but yeah like i think that's what drew me to 18xx in general because like i'm bad at auction games i'm good at like the the spatial part like building the routes making a company good lots of times i have like the best company in the game or something but because of the rest of the game like or i didn't do well in the beginning but like at the end my company is really good but like i don't have enough stock in it or like my i didn't have enough money at the beginning to get enough stock because other people have more shares of other companies so like even if i have six shares of this really good company and that's all i have other people if other people have like 20 shares, it's never that bad, but like, for example, if they have 20 shares of a company that sucks, it, it it will just by volume be better. So just different things like that. There's just so much stuff in 18xx games. And so that's, I think what I like about it because I'm good at the basic making a good company thing, but then that's not enough. So I think that's really interesting. <laughs> that is and, interesting. Yeah. And so 
I, and I've gotten better at being mean to people because that's a thing that needs to happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm slowly, I've been improving at them and um, yeah, but, but I, I still like 18xx games, even though I haven't played any in a long time, <laughs> I, I'm excited to play them again. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not, some of them I'm good at, but those are the ones that are more like operational, but like a lot of the ones that I like are more on the timing and stock stuff, which I'm bad at. So <laughs> that's 18xx is my number one. <laughs> Awesome. Well, we would love to hear from you all what your favorite game that you're bad at is. And so since we were plugging the Discord at the top of the episode, I'm going to say we want to hear it from you in our Discord. There is a channel in our Discord called Podcast Discussion. And so when you listen to this episode, hop over into the Discord to the Podcast Discussion channel and tell us what your favorite game is that you are horrible at. Um, and then we can all, you know, like chat about them together. And I'm really interested to hear what other people say on this category because I think it's something that doesn't get talked about quite as much yeah and that's it for this week's board game blitz visit our website boardgameblitz.com for video and blog content as well as to get links to all our social media pages this episode was sponsored by Grey Fox Games awaken angels to fight off demons in EO's Island of Angels a worker placement game with unique engine building coming to Kickstarter soon if you want to pick up some existing Grey Fox games Use the code BGBLITZ21 at checkout to get 20% off non-exclusive items at grayfoxgames.com. Grayfox Games. Quality games cleverly crafted. Join the Blitz tier community on Discord by following the link in the show notes. You can support the show by leaving us a rating and review on your podcast provider. And if you want behind-the-scenes access and an invite to our private Slack channel, visit patreon.com slash boardgameblitz. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Technical support provided by Toby Mao. Board Game Blitz is part of the Dice Tower Network. Until next time... Tell me why these moves will cause me heartache. Tell me why placing that there's a mistake. Tell me why I always make the same plays. I'm losing this game. Bye, everyone. Bye. Is a board game version of the, uh, uh, What's the the Roy? This like happened the, last time too with the, me. Yes, oh. the name for eat poop you cat. Like it's um the oh. public domain or like yeah. Uh, is that right? The public domain is like license royalty free. What am I? What's yeah. the term? Why can't I think of it? Is that right? Is it? Is it public domain or? I think, I think that's right. Should I you go, want me first? To go first? Yeah, I'll or go who? first. Oh, you oh, go. Okay. I don't care. <laughs> okay, you can <laughs> go first. Awaken angels to fight off demons. In... Awaken angels to fight off demons in Eos Island of Angels, a worker placement game with unique engine building. Oh wait. <laughs> I should. Okay. Awaken angels to fight off demons in Eos Island. I keep messing up. Hello and welcome. <laughs> I don't know why. Sometimes this happens where it just like is funny to me to start the intro. I don't. <sighs>